Science. Hello and welcome to Probably Science. My name is Andy Wood. I'm Matt Kirshen. We are, uh, we jo- let's just jump straight into the guest. Sure. Because uh, someone I've known for a long time because he was originally part of a comedy Christian duo called God's Pottery. <laughs> a deeply ironic fake Christian acoustic Wait, duo. Wait, What? Yeah. What? Hold on a second. This is Krista Johnson. Let's just get the name out in case yeah. we talk for half an hour about this and then don't actually say who this is. Hello, I'm Krista Johnson. Thank but, you for joining us. Yeah, the Edinburgh Festival. What, was it 2006? 2006. We were there. God's Pottery was there 2006 and 2007. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I met you in 06 yeah. when you were part of God's Pottery. And then- we were, uh, just to get you up to speed, Andy, we were a fake Christian acoustic Oh no, duo. I was feigning uh, uh, surprise that you were fake. Oh. <laughs> I've been a fan from day one. I oh, converted good, good, good. to Christianity. I reconvert. I, yeah. And now this is blowing my, my mind because I don't know what to think about anything. Oh. That isn't true. No, weren't you on the same, were you on the same last comic year as Matt or not? No, it was the year after. Yeah, it was the oh, year okay. after. Yeah. We were on, uh, oh God, 08? What were you? I was 07. Yeah. Which is In why fact, I had to cancel Edinburgh yes, 2000. I yeah, you were supposed to be there and then. That was, I think I got, I, that did more for my UK career, not being at Edinburgh than any actual Edinburgh festival <laughs> that I attended. Just having my name on, so like, because it was too late to get out of the program, so having my name in the program and then have people sort of go like, you know why Matt's not here? He's because he's doing this oh. TV show in America. That Love did, it. And then... Built, uh, built some mystique around the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, and then uh, Reese Darby saved my finances because he was... He wanted to do a work in progress... I so, that he took over your slots, so he took over my time slots and saved me from losing the money that I would have spent on that slot. Oh, because you put up your own money for Edinburgh. I forgot. Yeah, about it's sort of. It, I mean, it's sort of a. It's a weird. You sort of via a producer, but yeah, essentially, it all comes down to you in the end. What's so yeah. funny is that I, not only do I remember him there because we hung out a bunch, and I'd never met him before, but I still have in my place here in L.A. his hand-drawn um, flyer. Oh yeah, for his because it was just up in the attic and it was just a bunch of characters. Because it was yeah, it was super last minute. They yeah. Reese just went yeah, I kind of fancy doing this show and they and Brett Vincent, who I think was promoting it and was promoting me, just went well. You can take over Matt's slot. Uh, and the rest is history. Yeah, and Reese. Sadly, that was the last we ever heard of Reese. <laughs> his his career sunk without a trace after that. Uh, That's crazy though. I forgot that was uh, and you only got your first. You got. Your first visa. That's what to got me to America. Yeah, the guy who also made Saved by the Bell, who made the last comic, right? He was one of the executive producers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think. Yeah, Krista has since gone on to write for so many shows. I like so many, so so many. Well, Children's Hospital, Wet Hot American Summer, uh, I'm Sorry, and now the head writer and EP of Medical Police, which is a Children's Hospital spinoff. Medical Police, which is. One, it's on Netflix right now. It's the funniest thing on Netflix. Yeah. It's Go watch incredibly it right funny. That and is very kind and dumb and smart, so dumb, dumb and dumb smart. My favorite <laughs> kind of dumb comedy. It, it I mean, was, it is the best way. I will say that the, I mean, the response has been really great. I'm really thrilled. People seem to really like it. And the thing about a Netflix show is that it does dump it in front of a, a lot of people who wouldn't have normally found this kind yeah. of comedy. And I've been following on Twitter pretty closely the response and trying to engage with people who are enjoying it and the overwhelming comment like the the most consistent comment is this is the stupidest thing i've ever seen and i love it 10 out of 10 can't stop watching (laughs) which is great 10 out of 10 can't stop watching i will take that 
But I got really defensive in the first week or so because I was like, why are they calling it dumb? Because we worked really hard What's- to make, and, and I get it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I get it. I made it. I, I know what they mean. But I had this weird feeling. I was like, I hope they don't think it was easy to make it dumb. It was <laughs> no, really no. hard to make it that dumb. Yeah, it's no, my it's, favorite kind of comedy, and it's rare because it's uh, yeah, very hard. No, I meant what I said by like smart dumb. It's yeah, it it's very very silly. Like a love scene that ends prematurely because the, the woman comes too soon and yes. apologizes. I mean, just all like, credit great. to Emily Heller for that one. <laughs> great, that yeah. was her episode and, and her bit. Um, yeah, it's so for people who don't know, Children's Hospital was a parody of some medical procedurals. Originally, I think they kind of did it like a Grey's Anatomy thing, but then because if you watch the first episodes of it it is like that at 70 percent voiceover someone walking down the hall looking dreamy mm-hmm. like very much that but then as they went on they realized they could kind of take on any genre right um, as, as the seasons went and on. so medical police you've sort of kept some of the medical procedural but dr- driven hard into the like 24 crime solving clocks ticking kind of yeah when because when we wanted to pitch a sort of bigger version of the world we uh you know, especially with Netflix, you need to have a kind of serialized, bingeable story um, that that compels people to watch the next one and the next one and the next one. And so, we wanted a crime element or a mystery element, and um, we knew it was going to be medical in nature because of you know the, the doctors are going to be coming from Children's Hospital. Um, but we, uh, yeah, it was kind of late in the process of figuring it out. We went through a bunch of different ideas, and then finally, we came upon this idea that they were basically just doctors who were given guns and they were totally unqualified (laughs) and that they would be you know accidentally shooting people and then saving their lives and reading them their Miranda rights at the same time and you know going all over the globe and trying to you know solve this crisis it's it's great and I've also been like a 20 year fan now of what how to reconcile Miranda and all the things that have spun off of that which is the same kind of like for some reason I used to love looking up reviews of that movie just to see how many people did not get it like i mean I would... nobody did it was i mean I, and like i was i worked on the netflix series um i had nothing to do with the movie but it was i remember when the movie came out and it was it didn't do well well no it didn't do well it was cool i mean i was in new york at that time and i was just sort of starting out my career and it was definitely i feel like for people who like that kind of comedy it did very quickly become a cult a cool yeah. cult thing but it got savaged oh. It it people hated it. I went to see it alone in two thousand one in a theater in Portland. There were two other people in the theater, and they didn't laugh once the entire time. And I was alone laughing like an idiot, which I know is weird, but like it's the funniest movie I've ever seen. Yeah, and, I mean, if you're show. just someone not expecting that kind of comedy, I guess, yeah. and the lead quietly whispers as he looks at the hot girl, "I want you inside me," <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> that's just got to be confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I used to love watching, looking up reviews and people saying, like, I can't believe Janine Garofalo agreed to this. Did she know what she's making? Yeah, she knew exactly what she's making. I'm sure she's way more psyched to be part of this than whatever else she was doing at the time. Yeah. Yeah. So. It is also, that is a film where on paper now, if you look at the cast and... Oh, Bradley Cooper, Amy, Amy Poehler, before those were household names. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it was nuts. And they weren't even the leads, really. Like, yeah, it's... It's, it's as is the TV show stacked with talent and super funny. So watch Wet Hot the series, both series is on Netflix. And but Medical first, Police. right now your your main task is to binge Medical Police. Yes. You have to watch all ten episodes of Medical Police immediately, back to back to back to back to back, so that you get to make many many more of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that the computer at Netflix gives us a green light. 
Um, hey, Kristen, we like to ask our guests this before we get into these stories. What, if anything, is your background in science? And that has often ranged from like a class that you liked or hated at school or college, or you blew stuff up in the woods with your friends. I hate, I, I'm not good at science. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a son now, he's nine, and he's very mathematically and scientifically oriented, which I think is wonderful, but it's foreign to me because I was, I was not, I was always a good student, so I was never terrible at it, but it was always the one where I had to just, just grind my way yeah, through it. Yeah. None of it made sense to me. Geometry, oh, that's not even science. That's yeah, it, is, it, was, it was a branch of mathematics, okay, which is kind of the root yeah. of science. Geometry, something about the spatial aspect of it, I got that. That mm-hmm. was good. Anything related to hard math uh, or uh, relativity. Relativity is one where it's like, I love that all that exists and I desperately wish I could understand it. And I will read something on it carefully and be so excited that I'm learning it and get to the end and have absorbed nothing <laughs> and and been, be totally unable to. Uh, regurgitate any useful information. I'm, I think Matt has a better constant grasp of it because it comes up in the show from time to time and every time it does I have to reteach myself and that there are times when I'm like I do know there was a time when I kind of got it. Not that anyone can really totally get it but um, Yeah, although we, even still we did get a t- couple of tweets based on what I was saying last week Yeah, from one of our more mathematical listeners. Is that uh, Peter Gerdes? I'm going from his Twitter handle and trying to remember what he's emailed in as before but about the the twin paradox and saying that you really need the general relativity equations, not just special relativity, to make that make sense. Well, I, I know yeah. that. Sure, I mean, yeah. that's obvious. <laughs> Which is a little correction from last week. You know what I was just talking I about? I struggle with advanced science. The, the, <laughs> oh, yeah. General relativity general, is fine. <laughs> it's super general. You know, the vague relativity. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you look look through those tweets. Oh, by the way, what we're talking about? Look, tell the listeners to look through the yeah, tweets. Yeah, look through the tweets. Well, everybody look through. Yeah. Everyone get on Twitter and just look at all the tweets. Yeah. <laughs> look at every tweet. Start from the beginning and work your way through alphabetically. And when you get to somewhere around the P mark, you'll find us. Uh, I did see on your Twitter at least one person. I can't remember. I think you were, there was a conversation between you and someone else that I also follow. And then talking to a third person who originally about medical police just went, well, I don't like med- medical shows and I don't like police procedurals, so I guess this one's out for me. Yeah. And, Thanks for playing. And just having to have someone jump in and go, it's, uh, it's a parody of both of those, so you're going to be fine. Yeah. And what like, I oh. like is the uh, uh, medical Twitter, which I didn't really know was a thing. Oh, of course there would be a medical Twitter. There's, yeah. a, there's a strong medical Twitter. It seems to largely be nurses um, because they're... I don't know why. I don't know why. They're not as many doctors, but the nurses who are up on everything and they love nothing more than finding shows that do not right. accurately represent what happens in an ER uh-huh. and then talking shit about all the things that got wrong. <laughs> and the thing about our show is we don't even try, <laughs> right? Even, like, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. Rob Cordry looks up a bunch of things and claims like, no, this is like, this is generally real. We don't vet it. We don't. I literally, he put it in the first draft of the stuff that's in the first episode where there's this crisis. And I was like, okay, great. I'm sure those words are right. Yeah. (laughs) Don't check anything. There's open brain surgery going on. Yes. (laughs) I mean, there are a million things that make no sense, but uh, they, somehow we were so ridiculous that they caught on and enjoyed the fact that we, it was almost like they thought we were trolling them, which I guess in retrospect, maybe we were. I mean, but but also, you are parodying all of the shows that infuriate them by getting medicine wrong. Right. And and having to use all the jargon and all that. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, medical Twitter, don't mess with them. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> no, they absolutely should be on your side. Yeah, they were. Uh, but with, whenever someone would like take issue with something, I would just write back in all caps on Twitter. We are 100% medically accurate. <laughs> that, was, that was my only yes, response. Doubled out. Yeah. <laughs> 
great. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, for some reason, I feel like the 90s was full of all of the, uh, to me, that was the heyday of jargon-filled walk-and-talks. Totally. Like, uh, is that what ER, ER was 90s, right? Yeah. But yeah. also, like, things like Twister, like, I love to hate things like that, that, like, delight in just, like, getting into the esoterica of, like, tornado aficionados. <laughs> like, you know, someone did a deep dive into this, and you know, still was tornado fans watching Twister who are getting mad yeah. that yeah. they're, like, not getting the details right. Yeah. As things. if you would chase a Twister yeah, in I a mean, blue. Come on, it's an F5. Uh, everyone knows that Fujita skill doesn't go to, uh, or, yeah, whatever it is. Uh, I thought you meant the game Twister, and I was oh, very oh. confused. <laughs> I caught up. The movie I Twister. Caught up. No, I know. I caught up half favorite through. bad movies for yeah. that reason. Like, it's just so full of, like overly researched jargony insider tornado talk. Like, yeah, I don't know. What if it was a spin-off from the game Twister, like sure, the Battleship game was? <laughs> <laughs> I saw that Battleship movie. How was it? Not great, <laughs> but compelling in a weird way. And I think T.J. Miller's in it, which is extra confusing. And Rihanna's in it, right? Yeah, it's weird. And Peter Berg directed it. Yeah, I yeah, think. yeah. Was was there any conceit that kept up with the game aspect of it? Did well, anyone there say was, you sank my battleship? I think so. Oh, yeah. okay. They're definitely trying to sink battleships. The, the well, themes yeah. were consistent. But there was no, like, there were no numbers and letters. Was TJ Miller said. in that, or did I get that? Uh, I, I always forget the weird aggro movies he ends I wouldn't up be, in. He was in Cloverfield? Yeah, he was definitely in Cloverfield. Uh, and the, the BattleBots one. What's, or, uh, oh, what's it, uh, Real Steel? No, or no, no. Pacific the, Rim? No. Transformers. 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 Oh, that's right. I think he was, yeah. Uh, hang on, here we go. Twister, let's look on IMDb, full casting. Oh, not Twister, no, not Twister. Uh, Battle, Battleship. Oh, sorry. Battleship. Whoops, I got distracted. Uh, this is where we spent 10 minutes right. on TJ <laughs> Miller's IMDb. IMDb for no reason. <laughs> 2014, I don't see it, but I'm not coming at it from the right angle. I'm coming at it from TJ's IMDb instead of, well, I'm right going to do it, which would have been Battleship. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Let's look, this is a dead end. This no, sunk, no, let's keep cost, digging. Some cost, guys. <laughs> he was in. There's nothing uh, to be gained from this. Jesse Plemons is in it. That's who I was okay. thinking of. Yes. And Liam Neeson. Okay. Well, we got to the bottom of that. Yes. That's what this podcast is about, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you'd be surprised how much this ends up being a Wikipedia slash IMDb deep dive. Uh, Matt, should we get into one of our stories? Yeah, well, given that fundamentally medical police the serious compelling storyline is a race to stop a devastating virus that's spreading around the world yeah should we talk about the real devastating virus that's really spreading around the world i mean the number of people who've asked us kind of like half serious i think people forget like when a show is made and how long it takes to get to screen like that that we were somehow capitalizing on the coronavirus (laughs) Or there's some people who are like, this Did is a you- good viral marketing thing, you know? It's like, ah, it's funny, it's funny, but all these people are dying. Yeah, yeah. Although I really did want to ask Netflix if they could just, because, like, there are 11 million people in Wuhan, right? And they're in full lockdown. They're in, they're quarantined in their homes yeah. for, like, three weeks. I was like, just put medical police on. Just push it to every one of them. Because <laughs> they can control... Who sees what on on their app? Just say if they have if they live in Wuhan, give them medical police. I As, think it would lighten their lighten the load a little. Sort of like gallows humor, like yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, listen from your lips to Wuhan Netflix God's ears. Yeah. Let's get this going. If anybody knows Netflix's programming person for or or just people in Wuhan who are currently stuck there, yeah. I feel like I've over the like this is the kind of crisis where in the past I've gotten really freaked out. And I've been like, holy shit, this is really happening. Yeah. Like, this is really happening. And I get and I get all caught up in it. And then it ends up being okay. 
Not that, not that, I mean, pe- lots of people have right. died. It's a bad it's, thing, but it is not going to be a true pandemic that ends the world. So coming into this one, I have just been like, <laughs> ah, it's, it's we got fine. It. We got It's going to be fine. And I think maybe that's the sign. That it's going to be not fine. This is the one that's going to take gonna us down. Us, right. Yeah. I mean, there's so many like things. Like we'll be crying wolf with, with oh, viruses. Yeah. yeah. I'm very blasé about this thing that is just jumping quarantines. Well, it's and, just and, as of today, cross the thousand death mark, which is... Ring the bell. (laughs) But, you know, it's also nowhere near what the flu kills in a year. I mean, not not trying to. There's so many things that we can't, that are hard to just intuitively have a grasp on numbers wise with all these sort of things. Flu is far more dangerous or far more, kills far more people. Although on an individual case basis, this is more dangerous. Right. But so the the death rate, if you get this, is much higher, but far more people get flu. And that death rate, even though it's high, is like 2%. Um, by the way, what the, so there's one article here, and I'm going to put this in the top of the document here, Andy. Sure. But because um, I didn't first, I didn't know that. Firstly, coronavirus is not the right name for it, or it is a coronavirus. Oh, that's the family of viruses. That is the family of viruses that also includes SARS. SARS was a coronavirus. So it's sort oh. of like people say corona, but. That could mean... Tecate. Tecate. Sure, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Negro, you know. It's, exactly. It's just yeah. general like that, yellow. Yeah, yeah. Um, or it's like in the South when you say, like, I'll have a Coke. Have a Coke like, sure. Uh, we'll we'll Sprite. Sprite. Do you want to... Yeah. Is that true? Oh, yeah. That's have you ever seen... Coke is a catch-all for any soft drink. Wow. Have we already... We must have already linked to that infographic that shows regional speech patterns. It has, like, a heat map of the country for a bunch of different things. Like... The one will be like, what do you call the thing that you lean over and drink water out of in public? And it's like... Oh, there's, there's red, like red a New York, equals, I think it was New York Times had one of those where it does it in reverse, where it asks you all those questions and then it and, predicts yeah. with startling accuracy where you oh, grew up. Yeah, you can do that too. But these heat maps are great because that one, it's like, I think west of the Mississippi drinking fountain, east of the Mississippi water fountain. It's like red and blue. And then the key says, and green is bubbler and it's only Wisconsin. <laughs> It's only, only place yeah. in the entire country that calls it that. But yeah, same thing with like calling it a Coke or a soda. Or pop. Like I grew up pop and I had to relearn or I had to learn soda out here, which sounds Where'd you grow still up? sounds so pretentious. Michigan. Yeah. It was just pop. Like, Did you call it milk or milk? No, milk is like Pennsylvania, I think. We're, okay. we're milk. We're, my, mom, we're, we're my mom was from Ohio and my grandmother, it was all milk. Milk. Yeah. Milk and oleo from, from margarine. Oh, right. that's a, a brand of it? Or? No. Oh, maybe it was Synonym back in the day, for but it, it was, it, I don't know, Oleo. I think it's a big crossword clue, Yeah, Oleo. Uh, also, I work with a guy from Philly who says water. Oh, my wife is from Philly. Oh, yeah. wait, can we do this? Sure, oh, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Water, right, water. Water. And then, uh, or water ice, water which ice. is like, you know, we. I, I'm from the Northeast. That was our Italian ice. Yeah. We call it ice. So water ice, you go down the shore and get your water ice. Water ice from Wawa? My, my, wife, Wawa. my wife also, what they do in that area is... Uh, radiator instead of radiator. I've never heard of that. That's oh, yeah. crazy. Yeah. And then um, my favorite uh, was when she we were talking about the Kevin Costner movie uh, and she called it Dances with Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. So, and I was like, a what? <laughs> wolf. And, I, and she said, a wolf. <laughs> I said, it's a wolf. She said, it's a wolf. And this is not just her. It's not that my my wife is not just yeah, efficient. Yeah. This is this North North Philly thing that is, a, a wolf is a wolf and wolves are wolves. There's no else. Yeah. yeah. I love so, sorry it's, to my wife. That, for, I wonder if that's like the smallest area of of a, of, a, of, a, of a of a dialect to be contained. Like that's such a specific thing. And if you go to like Pittsburgh, it's different. It's I would like, say just, the UK has smaller ones just because oh, you travel. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I actually talked about this in another podcast, so I won't go too deep into it, but. 
the town I'm, I'm from Newton, Massachusetts, which is a very uh, well-to-do uh, Boston suburb. And there is one part of the town uh, called the lake, uh, which is the the north side of town that has a uh, Italian population that right. has basically its own vernacular and dialect. Wow. Um, and they self identify as mushes. They call themselves mushes. And I went to high school with the mushes. Yeah. And there is like ya mush like there's this whole funny language but matt leblanc actually went to my high school a number of years ahead of me and he talked people should look this up because it's the craziest thing he talked about it on conan he truly grew up in that area they it sounds like a foreign language when they're talking about certain things and usually it's just about going to the store or hooking up with a girl but it is literally another language and it only exists in this little part of of Newton Massachusetts I'm guessing this is the clip we'll yeah. put it in yeah. the show notes yeah. Matt LeBlanc teaches yes. Conan Massachusetts slang it's mush. unbelievable I've never heard of mush before yeah mush the, the weirder ones that I can think of right now from uh, in the UK people in Birmingham and around Birmingham like in the Midlands call roundabouts islands that's weird. Which is weird oh. and adorable. It's also correct. I mean, you can see where it comes from. You can right? see where it comes from, yeah. but it's also... And then in South Africa, they call traffic lights robots. That, that's just... That seems kind That sounds like <laughs> nobody told them what it was, and they were just guessing. Yeah. That's... Yeah, I would have never guessed that. How did you learn... Did you go to South... How did you ever hear that? Uh, no, I've never been to South Africa, but there's there is a big... They... they there certainly was or used to be a big comedy festival in South Africa that used to book a lot of British comics. And almost any comic from the UK who has been to South Africa has come back, back with, with a joke story. about South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like anything of the same level of technology is called a robot. It's only that thing. Specifically. Specifically yeah, it's not like robots, any, anything but... with lights on it. They just think it's a robot. <laughs> ah, is that a robot? <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> this robot tells the time and this yeah. robot makes my food warmer. <laughs> right. That's no, it's great. specifically the robot that signals with three lights whether you can go or stop it in traffic. I'm trying to like picture whether you can sort of uh, some of them if they have the if the lights are if it's one light in the middle that faces all directions and you could sort of see robot arms if there's like the shade going off to the sides for the stop. Okay, being, you're no. being too generous. I'm trying to like give it a, anthropomorphize this light. No, but I didn't know. So, so the correct name of the virus that is currently spreading around the world is well, the temporary name is 2019 NCOV. Rolls I guess time. new coronavirus is my guess 2019 uh, but according to this BBC article there are quite a few delays as to to naming it and they have to get it right that coronavirus is named because they have crown like spikes when viewed through a microscope that's what okay. a coronavirus looks like oh it doesn't look that bad right no, it looks kind I, of friendly viruses look very friendly and adorable and kind of cute like little fuzzy toys when yeah. you look at them through Sufficiently powerful microscopes. They look like little plastic balls that you could throw in with like stick to the window and roll down slowly. It's like a Velcro. Oh, no. Yes. Those things. Yeah. 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 And it's exactly what it looks like. So I guess what we're saying is this is not a virus anyone needs to worry about. No, it's too cute to kill. How could anything that adorable looking be so deadly? So apparently there are real considerations based on mistakes they made in the past when they're naming new viruses. The danger, according to Dr. Watson, what's the first, Crystal Watson, who's at John Hopkins, says, the danger when you don't have an official name is that people start using the terms like China virus, and that can create a backlash yeah. against certain populations. With social media, unofficial names take hold quickly and are hard to take back. The, uh, there's the Committee on Taxonomy of Viruses is responsible for, or the International Committee, rather, the ICTV. 
So previous outbreaks provide cautionary tales for the teams. The H1N1 virus in 2009 was dubbed swine flu, which led Egypt to slaughter all of its pigs, even though it was spread by people and not pigs. I had no idea about that until right now. That's, yeah. I feel like they might have been looking for an excuse. <laughs> Nobody double checked that one. It seems but, like something you do a little bit of research on before yeah. you just pull the trigger on that, the entire. That does sound, and also just because it's Egypt as well, but that does seem like a particularly biblical solution to yeah, a yeah. modern problem. Yeah, give them a plague. Yeah, cut them down. We will slaughter all of something. They forgot to put the blood of the firstborn on. The, I forgot the, what are the rules of Passover. Isn't that something about you put blood on your door to indicate? Yeah, not and now to, that's why. Uh, if you go to a Jewish home now, they will often have something on the door called a mezuzah, which is a... That's related to that? Yeah, that's related oh. to that. It's a little... That's supposed to be representing blood? I thought it held, like... The, well, the, the no, it, it, it was to tell It was God to tell. Yeah, it was to tell the angel to of death to skip plague. those houses. Yeah, yeah. okay. So I was a religion major, so... Oh, really? Nailed that one, yeah. What, what religions did you specialize in? I didn't really specialize. I went to liberal arts school, so uh, I dabbled in everything. I, I took I, I took courses in the you know uh, new the, what are they? I, I was going to say the New and Old Testament, but that was politically incorrect. It was the Hebrew scriptures and the Christian scriptures. Oh, uh, and I did a lot of Buddhism. I was into the Buddhist stuff. Yeah. So I then have to ask: Did God's pottery come from a childhood experience of a similar sort of a? Not really. I wasn't raised religious, although my dad. My dad became a psychotherapist, but he actually went to the Harvard Divinity School to become a minister. Damn. Um, but what, he grew up in West Hartford, Connecticut, and he realized in retrospect that the minister growing up was the person in the community who did all the counseling. And because they nobody went to psychologists right. yeah, or whatever, was... you know, so if you had problems or issues, you went to your minister and talked to them or you went to your pastor. And he realized that that was the part of the whole thing that he was interested in. And yeah. as much as he was brought up in the faith, in the end, he didn't really believe it. But so I was brought up with a weird, like, kind of appreciation for religion without true belief in it. Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe that informed it. But yeah. That reminds me, uh, did you see that tweet that was going around where this guy said, post a thing about your industry that if anyone else knew would, like, blow up the world, whatever. And someone said, someone who's in the ministry was like, most people have in, professionally in various ministries have lost their faith a long time ago, but they're too far down this road career-wise to... Uh, wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's like any career, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm stuck with it. That makes sense. Yeah. I, I grew up going to church youth groups and stuff and had like a pretty positive experience over Like we had our, our church youth group director... I think was gay. He wasn't out, but like everyone just well, kind of knew it. And <laughs> no, but I mean like everyone kind of knew, which is sort of progressive considering that's like, I don't know, 89 or something, mm -hmm. you know, and before even the don't ask, don't tell stuff happened. Although I guess he was being asked to not tell by it being sort of not talking. Don't ask about, and also tell not to. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh wait, it's coronavirus. We yeah. Got derailed from. Yes. That's okay. Uh, we, we frequently derail. So apparently also the World Health Organization criticized the name MERS, which is which was Middle East uh, res Respiratory Syndrome. Which one was that? In 2015. I don't so it said, we've seen certain disease names provoke a backlash against members of particular religious or ethnic communities, create unjust barriers to travel, commerce, and trade, and trigger needless slaughtering of food animals, it said in a statement. And reduce sale of certain brands of Mexican beers. Exactly. Yeah. As a result, it issued guidelines. According to these, the names of the new coronavirus should not include geographical locations, people's names, the name of an animal or kind of food, 
references to a particular culture or industry. And it should be short and descriptive, such as SARS, which stands for Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome. Respiratory, however you Let's pronounce it. Let's throw it to our listeners. Do you guys have uh, any great disease name ideas? But SARS, I hadn't realized SARS is a solid name. SARS is a strong... They should run a contest. <laughs> yeah. Bodie McBoatface. Exactly. Yeah. Vote on the disease name. Virus McDeath thing. <laughs> yeah. So wait, when are they going to choose? They're just going to wait till I'd, we're all infected and then... I guess once you've got once you're dying of it, you do want to know what to call it. So you can yeah. Yeah. I would like to know what's killing me. Right. Currently the suspense. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) I thought do we want to do a story about the actual like numbers and things, or is it too much? We all know what's happening. I I mean if 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 there's something particularly scientifically interesting uh, or hilarious. I don't I don't think any of these articles have a lot of like great pieces of advice. Um, there was that Berkeley thing that went viral in a different meaning about, uh, did you hear about the UC Berkeley issued this public health thing? And they said like, here are some normal things to expect psychologically when dealing with this virus. And they were like, uh, increased xenophobia. And I said, wait, that's a side effect of this disease. Like, wow. And I was like, no, I don't think you're supposed to like say that that's okay. Uh, yeah, that's, there are going to be tons of consequences to this beyond just the physiological, but, um. Here's hoping we magically cure it. How did SARS just go away? They remember? they got on top of it. They, was they, there actually some kind of vaccine? Or I think uh, I think it was mostly they actually successfully contained it with things like various quarantines and uh, and treating. Here's a question. So there's that cruise ship, yeah, that they've quarantined. Basically, the, the first Americans have died from. I think. Yeah, yeah. is the best way. To make sure nobody gets sick, to keep them all on a boat together, <laughs> like let's three. Th- I mean, I guess the calculus is maybe they all get it, but no one else does. I mean, that's how quarantining works I'd in be general. Bummed if I was on that. Boat. Uh, of course. Yeah, oh, I've got current. a story yeah. for you. Yeah. Did you see that there was a in relation to that boat? Um, a webcam company has offered free webcam sex sessions to anyone stuck on that boat. What does that as mean? As a promotion. Like a one-on-one sex webcam thing. They're offering it for free to anyone stuck on the boat. How do they even come up with that as a thing to... Well, <laughs> I'm now talking the... about this webcam yeah, company. Yeah, no, I guess that's, so, that's a good point. That's very nice. I mean, I'm not knocking it. I'm just surprised that it even occurred to them as a thing that people started well, on, what a, they're on off, a death Yeah, but that's needs. like, I think those companies are very good at that kind of viral marketing. They I just feel go like, like companies are yeah. really good at thinking about ways to get people to talk about their product. Yeah, they're like... It's something that comes with such sort of cultural shame that they're like, hey, these people are suffering. What if we give you free porn? And then yeah. everyone's like, ah. Oh. Free live porn, too. They're not just giving you that's, a password. That's real, yeah, labor of love. So should we call this the cam girl virus? Is that, that's two syllables. That's pretty. <laughs> no, because that then contravenes one of the rules because that There's would no be against a specific names. group of people. I don't know if that's a protected group, is it? I'm not knocking cam girls. I just don't know if they would even... References to a particular culture or industry. That's an industry. industry. Okay, it's an industry, yes. But, you know, I bet it would be a boon for them. Just, it's like, at least they're talking about you. That sort of theory of publicity, right? Yeah. No such thing as... Tell that t- t- tell that to the swine. Yeah. <laughs> to the Egyptian swine. I had no idea. Were talked hey, they're finally talking about us. <laughs> Head cut off. Did you guys know the origin of the word quarantine? No. Does it sound like anything? Whoa. Numerical? 
it was the length of time. It was 40 days that ah. you were kept uh, sequestered after returning from in the 17th century. Um, yeah. I love on like a boat trip, I believe. I think they called them boat trips back then, right? Boat trip. I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm still very fond of the footage of when they came back from the Apollo uh, 11 crew came back and they just had to stay space, in their space viruses probably yeah well they had to stay in their capsule while they got tested and they were they were quarantined because you know you don't know what they're gonna bring back from the moon right uh mm-hmm. but the footage where they're sort of where they, they then play the national anthem and they have to stand up to attention so you just all you see is just a row of astronaut dicks in there through the, <laughs> through wait, the wait view window i'm confused about i mean they're wearing clothes but just like all you see is like they're they, wait, wait, what? So, so the, I'm so confused. They're in that little quarantine capsule hatch thing it, with, that has a viewing window. When on they, the ocean? No, no, no. This is when they return to Earth, but they're just okay. put in this quarantine chamber right. that they have to stand for. I can't remember how, it, how many it, days. But it has a glory hole, you're saying? No, there's just like a viewing window that is that is a eye height when they're sitting down so they can look out. Yeah, that's, they, that's what a glory hole is. You can see the glory of these astronauts turning <laughs> right, through, exactly. this, through this hole. Yeah. The glory of their bravery. Yeah. And then they play the national anthem for them. I think it was when the president was visiting and they stand up. So you just see like it's a... Just this row of crutches. This row of proud astronaut crutches. What a time that must have been. Those crutches went to the moon. Yeah. They did. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk about a, uh, a downer from 35 years ago? Go on. What do you got? In the form of Chernobyl. Uh, uh, is that still a downer? I mean, no. It's not an upper. Craig Mason turned it around. <laughs> it's a work of art now. Yeah. It's, it is a great so, miniseries, but also like one of the more disturbing. Because as soon as I got to those scenes with like people just like melting, I was like, this can't be how it really was. And I Googled it. And I was like, oh, it's, it was way worse than that. Yeah. It was even... Yeah, don't don't Google image search uh, acute radiation sickness. Um, but it turns out that there are there are these fungi that eat radiation that are growing on the walls of Chernobyl's ruined nuclear reactor. Back in 1991, scientists were amazed when they made the discovery in the eerie environment inside the abandoned Chernobyl nuclear p- power plant. Researchers remotely piloting robots spotted pitch black fungi growing on the walls of the decimated number four nuclear reactor. Just to be clear, these are traditional robots, not traffic lights. These are not traffic lights sent into a <laughs> nuclear reactor. And even apparently breaking down radioactive graphite from the core itself. What's more, the fungi seem to be growing towards sources of radiation as if the microbes were attracted to them. Now, I'm confused by this because I thought radiation was just something that was there forever or at least took thousands of years. <clears throat> that's that's my understanding also. Like you can't, it depends on the type of radiation. So everything radioactive has a half-life. Right. Um, and some things that are radioactive have really short half-lives. But... Yeah, I don't know. Is the fungi then fungi? Is it then? Or is it fungi? Is it radioactive then? Um, like, does it become radioactive? Let's see what happens in the rest of this article that obviously I've already read, and I'm not. Is this how the shrooms are made? Right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, more than a decade after that 1991 discovery, University of Saskatchewan professor Ekaterina Dadakova and her colleagues acquired some of the fungi or fungi and found that they grew faster in the presence of radiation compared to other fungi. The three species tested, which have long names I'm not going to say, all had large amounts of the pigment melanin, which is found among many other places in the skin of humans. People with a darker skin tone have much more of it. Melanin is known to absorb light and dissipate ultraviolet radiation. But in the fungi, it seemed to also be absorbing radiation and converting it into chemical energy for growth, perhaps in a similar fashion to how plants utilize the green pigment chlorophyll to attain energy from photosynthesis. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that sort of is intuitively... Those are all types of 
radiation. Um, so to learn more about Chernobyl's radiation-loving fungi, JPL researchers sent eight species collected from the area to the ISS back in 2016, the International Space Station, seeking to observe how the organisms would react. The ISS environment exposes inhabitants to between 40 and 80 times more radiation than on Earth. Researchers behind the effort hoped that the fungi would produce molecules that could be adapted into drugs that could be given to astronauts to protect them from radiation on long-term missions. Results of the experiment have yet to be published. Well, it's been four years. What are they doing? Hurry up. Yeah. Uh, back on Earth, Datakova noted in a 2008 paper that Chernobyl's radiation-loving fungi are almost certainly not the first example of their kind. She said large quantities of highly melanized fungal spores have been found in early Cretaceous period deposits when many species of animals and plants died out. This period coincides with Earth's crossing the magnetic zero, resulting in the loss of its shield against cosmetic, uh, cosmic radiation. Uh, this raises an intriguing possibility. Perhaps there are places in the cosmos where melanin-containing organisms thrive in environments awash in radiation. Wherever there is energy to be harvested, life might just find a way. Oh, they had to throw in the Jurassic mm-hmm. Park thing there. Uh, Mike Brown, by the way, sent in that story. Thanks, Mike. Thank you, Mike. I was watching Jurassic Park clips uh, just today because of Laura Dern's recent Oscar whisk oh, yeah. victory. Yes. And she's she's great. Uh, everyone should go watch Enlightened, one of the greatest shows oh, of I all love time. It. Yeah, I don't know why that didn't get more. Or maybe it did get a lot of... I feel like it kind of came and went. Like, people don't it's talk about so it. so good. Yeah. Yeah, get on HBO right now. I mean, watch Medical Police first. Yes. Then go sign up for HBO Go or Now and watch Enlightened. Have you ever seen it? No, I don't oh, know anything about it. It's probably six years ago. It's Mike White, um, I think, wrote mm-hmm. it, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Very, very good. Um, so there's a story we didn't have time to do last week, sent in by listener Liam. I'm not sure which Liam, because not written in the thing. Thank you, Liam, about autism. Thank you, Liam. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Uh, about uh, a possible cause of autism found. And he, I know he put in the email, not vaccines in big letters. Damn it. Uh, we'll be the judge yeah, of that. Yeah. So, but related to the coating of neurons. So scientists have found a cure as to how autism spectrum disorder disrupts the brain's information highways. A clue. Not a, a clue. Sorry. Sorry, I did say <laughs> cure. Uh, the problem involves cells that help keep the traffic of signals moving smoothly through brain circuits, a team reported Monday in the journal Nature Neuroscience. The, uh... And that's a fun journal, by the way, if you ever read oh, it. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, I mostly just read it for the cartoons and the listings, but, you know, some of the articles are fun. I get it for the nature, but I really learn from the neuroscience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the team found that in both mouse and human brains affected by autism, there's an abnormality in cells that produce a substance called myelin. This is a problem because myelin provides the insulation for brain circuits, allowing them to quickly and reliably carry electrical signals from one area to another. And having either too little or too much of this myelin coating can result in a wide range of neurological processes. For example, multiple sclerosis, which we talked about a while back. Yeah, with Michelle Balloon, yeah. uh, Occurs when the myelin around nerve fibers is damaged. The The results, which vary from person to person, can affect not only the signals that control muscles, but ones involved in learning and thinking. This finding can help explain why autism spectrum disorders include such a wide range of social and behavioral features, says Brady Ma, as lead inve- the lead investigator at the Lieber Institute for Brain Development and an associate professor in the psychiatry department at Johns Hopkins. Myelination could be a problem that ties all of these autism spectrum disorders together, says Ma, and if this is true, it might be possible to prevent or even reverse the symptoms using drugs that affect myelination. 
If we get to these kids really early, we might be able to change their development and trajectory and improve their outcomes, says Ma. But then wouldn't we lose, like, certain scientists and or game designers? <laughs> Jesus. I like, we could be fucking ourselves. Photorealistic sculptors and, yeah. Yeah, we could be seriously fucking ourselves as a, like, you know, I think New- there's, it's widely believed Newton was And think of all the Oscar-worthy Oscar pictures yes. about, about Inspirational unique... Inspirational stories. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I think. I mean, uh, now I, that thing, that article does not explain why the instances of autism spectrum disorder have increased so yeah. substantially. What is going on? Uh, uh, in I don't our know, world? but I think it is still largely believed that a lot of that increase is just because of an increase of diagnosis rather than increase in actual uh, oh. occurrence. Well, there, I just learned something. Well, no, but we don't know that. That's also sort of speculative. Oh, counterpoint. Po- Maybe I, I did just- learn something. <laughs> That is certainly possible, and I do have a certain amount of sympathy for anti-vaxxers, which is horrible to say, but like I get where they're coming from emotionally. They're dealing with this thing that's... They're trying to come up with an explanation for an awful thing that has come down and changed their lives. And they see this thing that is correlated with it, which it undeniably is, just because everyone is vaccinated. So it is correlated, but like obviously that doesn't imply causation... But like when I see it, then yeah, I start to try to think of things also. I'm like, wait, am I do- I'm doing the same thing they're doing, which is grabbing at something, you know, like I think about like, we're obviously a world that's dominated by screens and screen time. Like, oh, maybe it's that. Like, well, I have no way of describing how the mechanism of that would work. It's mm-hmm. just like... Th- or, or, or over-processed foods. It or, could be anything uh, that is a part of our modern world because we're now in that modern world. So like, I'm trying not to like jump to the same kind of conclusions that the anti-vaxxers do but like it does seem very very strange how much more prevalent it seems to be i have no solutions but maybe it's just Mm -hmm. diagnosis increasing i don't know all right well we didn't solve autism no we We did what else we got (laughs) should we just jump by the way this was discovered in a a mouse uh study uh dr flora vaccarino who's a professor in the neuroscience department at yale who wasn't involved in the project said this adds to the evidence that myelination problems are present in several development disorders in particular in autism it also shows how one faulty regulatory system in the brain can lead to either too much myelination or too little. And this might help explain why people with autism spectrum disorders may have brains that are either unusually large or unusually small. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. I thought I had no idea. I thought it was just a specialization of their abilities. Yeah. Right. I didn't know brains actually varied that much in size. Nor I did they I. varied in like uh, wrinkliness and stuff. Uh, they were studying brain cells in mice with a gene mutation, mutation that causes Pitt-Hopkins syndrome which can include features of autism spectrum disorder. Pitt Hopkins syndrome? Pitt Hopkins, yeah. As in like Brad Pitt and Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, (laughs) that's the syndrome that makes you like the movie Meet Joe Black. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. Solid pull pull through that. Very quick, yeah. That's that's impressive. Uh, (laughs) By the way, how how, how psyched are we for... Something finally went right for Brad Pitt. Isn't that that nice to see? (laughs) All I have to say is that, I mean... It is a weird thing. I was thinking about this last night. I there's a part of me that I realized half thinks that he and I are friends because oh. he's such a friendly yeah. figure in pop culture, and he's so personable. And you've seen him in so many things. There was a part of me that I get like if you asked me, I'd be like, no, of course, I've never met him. I've never worked with him. I don't. I don't know him. But there was this other part of me that was like. Good job, Brad. I Brad. gotta text him. Tell him, <laughs> tell him how happy I am. Like, why do I feel like I have a relationship with this person? I do too. I don't know why. 
he's if we were the same age and in the same high school, we would not have been friends. I'm not a fan <laughs> of the long hair. I think he looks. I, I I would. It's not a look that I like. I'm glad he got rid of the like goatee thing he had for a little while. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've all been but, telling him. God, it's so awkward when you see him out at. Uh, <laughs> Uh, in and out. <laughs> I don't know where, where, where's the last time I ran into Brad? Let me think. It was. But yeah, uh, yeah Chick fil A. One, one of the two on Sunset. But yeah, we've all been dropping the hints, and you know, he's finally bitten, and it's, it's good. It's like you don't want to pressure him. Yeah. He's got to find his own path, but. Um, yeah, he's got to figure it out. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Pitt Hopkins syndrome can feature features of autism spectrum disorder. Uh, we saw a signature, says Ma, that suggests there might be something wrong with myelination. So that was pretty surprising to us. More experiments confirmed there was a clear deficit in the cells that control myelination, which are called, oh, why do I always get these ones in the articles I read? Uh, Oli God did. Here, here we go. Do you want to give this a crack? Yeah, I'm going to go for it. Yes, medical police. Oligodendrocytes. Oligodendrocytes. There we go. That Nailed it like in it. two. Yeah. This was true not only in mice with the Pitt-Hopkins syndrome, but in other mouse models of autism too. Then a biostatics expert named Andrew Jaff looked at genetic analysis of brain tissue from people with autism who had died, and that experiment also found problems with the system that controls myelination. So to prop... But Vaccarino says to fully understand what's going on, the problem needs to be studied in developing brain tissue, which should be possible, she says, using tiny clusters of human brain cells called brain organoids, which can be grown in a Petri dish. Vaccarino's lab has created brain organoids from the cells of people with autism spectrum disorder, which might reveal how the myelination problems begin. Uh, And it doesn't, apparently, brain myelination doesn't really start in earnest until the first year or two of life. And this is around the time that autism is first apparent. So, so sort of like the, I didn't know that brain myelination doesn't start until you're already one or two. So you don't have any insulation around your weird neurons before then. And that might mean a treatment that corrected a problem with myelination could help treat children who were diagnosed early in life. Several such treatments are being developed to help people with MS, which is a disease as we spoke about before that erodes the myelin. Mm. Yeah, I wonder if this could be done theoretically later in life though or if there's just a period where it's you could never regrow that stuff or i don't know who knows i don't know and again i'm not saying it's caused by screen time but uh we should probably also all be spending less time staring at screens probably i don't know what the fuck are you talking about you don't think there's how are you gonna keep up to date oh yeah sorry on what (laughs) is going on in the world at every moment yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. Uh, I do need to know what you know, all the dumb cliches about what someone's eating, but yeah, no. But I, I do wonder like what the long term consequences of the current screen time thing that we're all stuck in right now are going to be. It's well, and I, I'm not above it. I'm not saying I can't I just, watch a movie without also checking my phone. Sure, yeah. And I haven't finished a book in about three years. I'm so embarrassed. I, I only finish books when we have to because we're interviewing the authors on this podcast, yeah. which is a nice like incentive to read because otherwise I would not be doing yeah. it. Yeah. I'm generally irritable and distracted. <laughs> but yeah. other than that, none I'm of, firing on all cylinders. None of these things we've built have improved our, any of our enjoyment of lives. It's yeah, some, some big publication just stopped in the last couple of years even doing a technology review because they're like, yeah, tech stopped being fun a couple of years ago. Yeah. Like, it's not like every year there's some new and exciting gadget that you're actually looking forward to improving your life like everything that comes out you're like okay this is this can rocket you further and further (laughs) into a smaller group of people oh yeah i don't have a solution to this rant sorry (laughs) 
But the coronavirus is going to come for us before the... Well, that would solve a lot of problems. Yes. Should we do a fun story about knitting? Let's do a fun story about knitting. Knitting and or human skin. I like it. Two different, I think, knitting enthusiasts who are also science enthusiasts have written in with this story, Heather Robinson and Kristen Lewis. And uh, apparently, yarn made of human skin... What? Yeah. Can be woven into human textiles. I'm ju- I'm using a different article because the one that they both sent in was pay- was behind a paywall. But a team of researchers, I'm using a fizz.org one from France, Colombia, and the U.S. has developed a type of yarn from human skin cells that can be woven into human textiles. In a paper published in the journal Acta Biomateriala, the group describes the process they used and applications for the material they produced. Medical textiles are materials that can be used to heal skin and other body parts. They can also replace parts of damaged organs. But not all patients have the same reactions to all textiles because the materials are often treated as foreign agents by the immune system. So scientists will continue to look for new ways to create textiles that the human body will accept. In this new effort, the researchers have created textiles out of human fibroblasts, cells that normally assist with the production of collagen and other fibers. The body will not reject them because they are natural human cells. Researchers have created a variety of textiles out of the material for use in a wide variety of applications. They first grew skin cell fibroblasts into sheets of material. They were then fashioned into desired shapes. In many instances, they were cut into strings for applications such as suturing wounds. The strings could also be twisted or knotted to create braids or used like yarn for knitting or crochet applications. Yeah, a little jaunty scarf. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you're just like seeing someone on public transport and they're just trying to occupy themselves by knitting open a war wound. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, one notable advantage of the new technique is it does not require the use of scaffolds to create parts of organs. They can simply be fashioned in ways similar to knitting a hat or scarf. The new material has already been tested on animals, and the researchers are ready to start testing on human patients. They suggest it could be used to create pouches, valves, or tubes, in addition to serving as suture material for skin or organs after surgery. As an example, they created a tube out of the material and grafted it onto an artery in a test sheep. They also there's something particularly weird about knitting skin into sheep of all the animals. <laughs> the, the, the most, irony, reversing the. I yeah. think they're missing the big picture here, which is, I mean, obviously all the medical stuff is great. Sure. Let's save some lives, but what if you could put pockets your on pockets. your belly? <laughs> because when you're shirtless, you do not know what to do with there's your hands. Nothing to do. Yeah. If I could just tuck them right on my belly or keep my keys there. <laughs> That would be incredible. That's all that's stopping most of us from being nudists. Yes. I would go to a Palm Springs nudist colony if the I The whole could point just of clothes is out. to have pockets to hold stuff. Yeah. yeah. Maybe get like a Napoleon uh, cross chest pocket up here. Just to oh, be your fantastic. Hand right there. Yeah. yeah. Or like a, like a little one on like your back, like for your phone sure. for when you go for runs or yeah, something right. like yeah. that. And women who are always complaining about with female clothing not having pockets. Right. They can still have clothes that don't have pockets and therefore don't spoil the line of the clothing mm-hmm. by having a pocket on, say, their ankle or something. Sure. Perfect. Or ankle a, pockets. Or lower arm. I could do a lower arm pocket, ankle pocket. Lower arm pocket would be kind of like almost like a quarterback play holder thing, like but out of flesh. Like- totally. Or like a little slit on the on, on the underside of your lower arm for credit cards. Sure. Things like that. Yeah, just yeah. Your, your ID and a couple yeah. of important yeah. things if you want to go out without all your stuff. Yeah. Put the little things that go on the back of cell phones out of business. Yeah. You know? 
Just put them I right mean, in your body. That's the line where you just Fine. crossed over from a bit to what's probably going to exist in five years. I'm not kidding. I wouldn't doubt you'll have an RF. You, you might have the option of having a thing in your wrist. You could just like scan over yeah. an Apple Pay thing. Or, yeah. Um, oh, there are people already doing that stuff. Oh, really? Yeah, but it's like, you know, it's very... The cyborg. Yeah, the, the human... There's yeah. the sort of human... Right, right. There's right. like a cyborg movement where people are putting little chips into themselves and... Mm-hmm. I remember it started quite a while ago. There was a guy, I think it was at Reading University Robotics Department, like, and he had something where he could open the door of his office that was implanted under his skin. Oh, I think I heard of that, yeah. Um, so they also, by the way, sutured open wounds in rats, and the researchers claim the new material works as well as others currently in use. That's pretty awesome. So, like, finally used for all those knitters out there. If, if you're going to harvest the skin cells, do you have to make sure... Uh, Would Buffalo Bob thank in you. Silence thank of the Lambs <laughs> have he wouldn't have had to murder those girls? No. I, well, now it gets he, to the question: Did he just need the skin suit, or did he like the killing? Right. This right. this this technology is going to really put that to the, the the test. Would you still have to put like if you like, would it still have to put the lotion on its skin? Yeah. Or else it would get the hose. We can knit you a a, a human suit. We can do it for you. I still want to lure the girls <laughs> right. into the I back of the van. It's a you don't about- need to. We have taken care of this. We have the technology. No, I don't, want to, put, I don't, I don't want to put you to any trouble I by know, doing yeah, the knitting thing. So I'm I'll sure just carry on through the killing. I'm and- sure it's expensive. I've got a sewing machine that's working great in my dungeon. Yeah, no, seriously, it's no bother. We'll just do the knitting thing and then you don't have to do Listen, any. Listen, I don't know how many different ways I can say it. I appreciate <laughs> that. I do appreciate it. I do, I guess, what I'm trying to say in a roundabout way is I do get other benefits from the, the way I do it, which involves killing the people. I think you need to respect the process, is what he's saying. <laughs> there, there's, it's not just a means to an end. It's, I have built a deep hole yeah. in my sub-basement <laughs> to hold things, and I don't know what I'm going to put down there if it's not girls. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you can't just knit in a hole. That's missing the whole point. I mean, we also. I don't want to say... If any of our listeners out there are currently knitting in holes, then I apologize. Sure, yeah. <laughs> or if anyone's currently being held captive by a future human suit maker who also allows access to podcasts. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I'm glad they let you listen to podcasts. And Yeah, I, I know Like at the end of many of these episodes, we say, if you enjoy what we do, please share it with others. And I'm glad that serial killers are finally taking that seriously. Absolutely. And, yeah. You know, just so it's good for our numbers. <laughs> Thank you. A listener is a listener. And it's like, well, what the cam girls on the ships? That's us to this person in the, in yeah, the exactly in the sex dungeon. You know, like they're in the a bad situation, but at least they're getting some inf- informative Somewhat, entertainment. Yes, something that approaches scientific information. Um, do you want to do one more story, Matt? Yeah, let's do another story. What you got? Well, we could talk even more about. No more funnel web spiders, I don't think, right? That's probably... Yeah, I think we've had enough spiders. those into the ground. Um, I mean, are we thinking like a space story or a, or a medicine story? Well, or, or we could do uh, Animal Kingdom. I don't know. Walking sharks is also interesting to me, but... Um, yeah, let's do a walking shark story. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds walking sharks. like a nice nightmare. Yeah, Philip R. Emery, which sounds... Well, it's Arlie. Wait, who's the... Arlie Ermey? Yeah, that's not... Uh, he sent in this story. Thank you, Philip. Um, walking sharks discovered in the tropics. Four new species of tropical sharks that use their fins to walk are causing a stir in waters off northern Australia and New Guinea. 
While that might strike fear into the hearts of some people, University of Queensland researchers say the only creatures with cause to worry are small fish and invertebrates. Sure. And people who fall sure. asleep without locking the doors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the walking sharks were discovered during a 12-year study with Conservation International, the CSIRO, Florida Museum of National History, and Indonesian Institute of Sciences, and Indonesian Ministry of Marine Affairs and Fisheries. Okay, this took a lot of effort. Um, University of Queensland's Dr. Christine Dudgeon said the ornately patterned sharks were the top predator on reefs during low tides when they used their fins to walk in the very shallow water. At less than a meter long on average, walking sharks present no threat to people, but their ability to withstand low oxygen environments and walk on their fins gives them a remarkable edge over their prey. They're literally walking the way if you said to an animator, how does a shark walk? Yeah. <laughs> it's just doing that. This is why I'm glad that the, the reefs are all dying out. Yeah, That's going to solve this problem right, right now. Nip this in the bud. Uh, yeah, they walk on their fins. It gives them a remarkable edge over their prey of small crustaceans and mollusks. These unique features are not shared with their closest relatives, the bamboo sharks, or more distant relatives in the carpet shark order, including wabagongs and whale sharks. Wabagong is an actual species. That's I just guess. the Australians making up a cute yeah. name. I see wabagong. I does it does it say what it's a walking? <laughs> does it say what a carpet shark is? I, it sounds like a euphemism for like a nineteen a, a, a reconstruction era. Um, person who comes to the south what am i th- or carpet bagger oh yeah yeah, yeah i was yeah. thinking it more sounds like more like a sort of euphemism for periods or that sure. or a 70s porn star <laughs> yes look at that carpet <laughs> shark <laughs> <laughs> it cleans up <laughs> hey he's a pro what can yeah. i say uh, you can't all be carpet sharks no one cuts a rug like him <laughs> oh god uh, the four new species almost doubled the total number of known walking sharks to nine. There are nine walking sharks? <laughs> wow. Dr. Dudgeon said they live in... Coastal- I would have thought it would have increased the number by infinity from zero, zero to, to one. one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so they live in coastal waters around northern Australia and the island of New Guinea and occupy their own separate region. We estimated the connection between these species based on comparisons between their mitochondrial DNA, which is passed down through the maternal lineage. This DNA codes for the mitochondria, which are the parts of cells... They transform. Everyone knows what mitochondria is. That's the powerhouse of the cell, right? Uh, transform oxygen and nutrients from food into energy for cells. Dr. Dresden said, I only said that because that's the only part of cellular biology. Yeah, I, I remember. I it's like, it's the furnace, right? Ninth grade. Yeah. I always heard powerhouse, but sure, yeah. furnace. Yeah. Um, data suggests that uh, the new species evolved after the sharks moved away from their original population, becoming genetically isolated in new areas, and they developed into new species. They may have moved by swimming or walking on their fins, but it's also possible they, quote, hitched a ride on reefs moving westward across the top of New Guinea about two million years ago. I don't know what that looks like, but um, we believe there are even more walking shark species still waiting to be discovered. Oh, that's great to hear. Uh, Future research would help researchers to better understand why the region was home to some of the greatest marine biodiversity on the planet. Well, we're taking care of that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will limit that. I want, I want to see if there's a video of sharks walking. While you're looking at that one, we're talking about Australian animals. We did get a, an email from listener Zara Bordner, who the PS at the end of this says, my partner Pat was once chased across the backyard by a funnel web spider that was trying to bite him. Uh, but the main thing is, I said... Uh, I live in Melbourne now, but I'm from Tasmania, and I'm very proud of my brother Simon, who serves in the Tasmanian Army Reserves. And look, here's, we're proud of Simon as well. Yeah. And here's Simon helping clear up things after the burnt properties after the fire, and what looks like bottle feeding a kangaroo. Oh, or is that a koala? Oh no, that's koala there. 
They're like, oh yeah, that's oh that's tragic. That is either oh, it's like a little syringe thing with some milk in it that. He's either syringe feeding these koalas, that's or just not something injecting our milk military into a would would do. No, that's no. that's a level of nurturing that our military is not trained for. I don't Swaddling know you... a koala <laughs> right. and using a, a plastic syringe to to feed it nutrients. Yeah, I don't know how you turn that into like a um, bumper sticker or something. <laughs> <laughs> Join the army. See, these colors. D- do nurture. Uh, <laughs> by the way, I also found a video of of a, a shark walking. If you guys want to see what that looks like, yep. yes, I, I do. do. I do. Yep. Just kind of. Okay, so walking is overselling <laughs> a little bit. I think we can have to dial back on this story, listeners. Yeah. I think it's uh, it's squirming. Squirming is the and maybe word flailing. For it. Flailing and squirming. It's definitely moving in one direction, and it's not in water. It also doesn't look like a shark. It does no. not look like a shark either. No. It's like a fish. I'm estimating that's like uh, 18 inches long. I don't know. I'm I'm now substantially less scared of this yeah, yeah. creature. I'm putting coronavirus back on top. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Walking sharks, you know, briefly was uh, my main concern. But n- now sub- I think it's going to be the deadly pandemic. Sub, sub George Romero era zombies as far as... Uh, speed yeah like like the walking shark i was picturing was wearing a hat and holding a suitcase thank you <laughs> <laughs> mine had a cigar for some or like reason. a briefcase it was yeah. like like knocking and it had a real jaunt yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just... did yours have a double-breasted suit <laughs> that's what mine did whereas this walking shark sort of looks like a nearly dead slug yes yeah if you're scared of slugs that can't come at you any faster than slugs then yes it's terrifying but but you know fair play <laughs> well done thank oh, you philip r emery not yep. to be confused with r the army liam kennedy by the way was the liam who sent in the autism and myelination story oh, i nice. found his last name in the emails awesome awesome um are there any uh before we before we go are there any walking animals that you've been particularly worried about recently Walking animals that I've been worried about. Let's see. I mean, I don't mean to put you on the spot here. <laughs> nah, probably my cat. My cat's not sick, but my cat, uh, there's a, we have a very sweet cat named Sophie, and uh, Sophie doesn't do much. She hangs out uh-huh. you know, and likes to get, you know, belly rubs and things like sure. that. But there is a neighborhood cat that has, that is in heat and is now coming and standing outside our window, and Sophie's for the first time got very territorial um and she has twice freaked out at this cat being outside the window and made some crazy sounds but my son the first time had been asleep so he didn't hear it but last night he was sitting watching like cartoons before bed or something and the cat suddenly saw the other cat from the window and made a sound that my son after running screaming into the kitchen said he thought a tiger had entered wow. the living room. It basically was just like, <laughs> and and then I went over to try to calm down the cat Sophie, and she attacked me because oh, she was in full. Uh, you know, I'm about to die mode. I, I'm assuming does if if a cat's fixed, heat doesn't happen, right? That's only right. I yeah, I I assume that the cat on the outside isn't heat, it's just because. Feral, or- she, it was kind of caterwauling. Yeah. Our cat is fixed. Uh, who knows? 
but yeah, I would, I would think that would also like remove, I don't, I don't know why I, I don't know cat, uh, psychology, but like remove any sort of like threat, like from a reproductive level. Is I think this was a territorial <laughs> thing largely, yeah. but she's just never in the two years we've had her. Nothing, nothing, nothing has interested this. her. Nothing. The, she gets mildly excited about wet food and that's <laughs> it. And then suddenly, uh, a tiger entered the house. That's crazy. And, and my son went screaming from one room to another. So I'm a little worried about Sophie. Other yeah, than that, yeah. I'm trying to think if there are any other animals that I'm uh, worried about. Walking animals. Our our cat is still being a lunatic. I was going to ask you how the adventures of Doug are coming. If listeners remember, Matt has a new addition to the household. He's a he's mostly lovely and he's a sweetheart, but also every so often it's like living with a horror film because his his new favorite thing is to hide in the bath behind the shower curtain. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and you'll, you won't realize he's there. We've started having to keep the shower curtain fully open because yeah. we would have it slightly closed, and the the curtain is semi-transparent. Is he lying in wait, basically? A hundred percent. That's fantastic. Mm. He lies in wait. I, I described this before a bit like, you know, living with a pink panther and... Uh, was it Kate? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where just, they do their yeah, they where do he their just so, yeah, where he just like leaps out from the darkness. So yeah. it's like that, and it's just to challenge you and see if he can. And then he's like got him, and then runs off again. He's very happy. <laughs> uh, but he started sh- behind the shower curtain, so it is full horror film because he leaps at you when you're brushing your teeth through the curtain. What? He doesn't know it's not. He thinks it's going to move like, for him. Or? Well, I don't know what he thinks, but like you'll just see the outline of impressed. Oh my god! And and his claws like we've we've. No, the claws I, go through. Yes, I'll, yes. I'll post. I'll post a picture on the face on the probably science Twitter because there's a full slash through the shower curtain. That's a now. picture in like a Looney Tunes of us just alone sliding slowly down with like. No, it's more like sort of Freddy Krueger, just like oh, okay. sort of claws. Come. We had to take. We've taken. Did I say Sylvester cl- Stallone? I meant to say Sylvester and the, the cat. Just, yeah, yeah. Had to slash yeah. Stallone. <laughs> Oh God! Yeah, Tweety Bird. Yeah, yeah. Tweety Bird is I thought I saw a But yeah, it's we've. He's had it. He's gone to have a nail trim recently from our local groomers because, and he's that's that's calmed that down a bit. Is, is there any part of you that thinks he's like always gonna be? You find him on the street, so is he kind of? Yeah, he's got a, a bit of. Bit? Well, we know we're almost certain that he was previously a home cat before he was a street cat because he was so uh, it was Trish Trish Hadley uh, who's great Trish Hadley who runs post at Abominable yeah who who was the post supervisor for uh, for a medical police medical police which is a show on uh, Netflix that I recommend you check out I haven't heard of it I will will look it up I'll tell you about it off air but it's uh, you should have him listen to the first part of the show (laughs) we talk about it a lot actually I've heard it's a good podcast yeah Uh, but yeah Trish found this cat and it just, and she can't have a cat in her house because she has a dog that would think it's a toy. Mm-hmm. But he just sort of went up and leapt into her arms and started purring. And Aww. it's like, that's not what a feral cat ever does. Right. But no claims on his on him. We posted everywhere. She looked everywhere. So it's we think we think it was life. like a domestic cat for a little bit, that he was a street cat for a while. And now he's back indoors. So he's still, you know, he's, he's got some a, developmental issues. Sure. He likes he to play. It. Yeah, he likes to play and he doesn't quite know the limits of what acceptable play is. It sounds almost like being part of the Jackass crew, like Steve-O or one of the Margeras. Is just he's a good guy. He just doesn't know where the line is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he will just, yeah. <laughs> every so often he'll just like 
dump a bucket of piss on your sure, head for some yeah. reason because yeah, he thinks it's funny while filming and they giggle. He's trying to make friends. This is his way. I will hug you and love you and then I'll paint your car as a joke. As a funny. I'm gonna like wax your taint while you're sleeping. <laughs> Sorry, that's what you get for living with me. Yeah. That is kind of what we're living with. We're, yeah. we're living with a cat that thinks it's very funny to wax your taint. <laughs> it is though, just appearing behind this curtain. And also, I now know that I always have to make sure the door is fully shut and locked when I'm using the bathroom in any way. Like, like I, I guess that's a good like lesson for life. I don't know. Yeah, I guess I did accidentally pee on him. <laughs> What? Accidentally. Oh, because he ran in front of the stream or something? Yeah, because he basically... I thought the door was shut fully. It wasn't. He nudged it open. And before... He he silently pushed the door open. Right. And then appeared between my legs. <laughs> Just. Because he wanted to do what? I, I mean, was, I guess you don't know what his intent is, but... His intention is to get into the toilet at all costs. Oh, he This is another thing we've discovered. The, like, we've... To, drink, we have, to play with the water? Yeah, we have to keep the lid down. Right. Holly forgot to put the lid down the other day, and we found, like, his paws were blue. <laughs> God, this, I had to like spend ten minutes trying to clean blue toilet disinfectant off of his paws. I thought cats are deathly afraid of water. I thought that's their kryptonite. No, they love water. They hate being in water. Okay. If you if you give them like a like a, a tray of water to splash on, yeah. Deli- well, not all cats, obviously, yeah. but like many cats are delighted by uh, like a trickle of water. They love running water. Mm-hmm. Okay, you can get those water. You can get things to f- like water bowls to feed cats that have like a little constant legs. fountain yeah, yeah. Uh, and they love that it's just and he's fascinated by the shower like if the shower's running he'll stand next to it but if he gets too close to the splash he'll run away also like a classic um, horror movie villain yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> so he will again you'll be in the shower and he'll just like appear on the other side of this yeah. transparent curtain I love him Doug keep up the good work that's that's perfect. This is why I'm anti all walking animals. Yeah, why can't there be non walking cats? <laughs> that would just be the ideal pet. Just no, just a little loaf, no legs. I don't, you just I don't know how you're going to implement this. I don't want it to, I don't want any cats to get hurt, but just like non walking cats. Yeah, cat cat loafs. Yeah, I could see it. I could see it. <laughs> We've got scientists, listeners, yeah. listeners who are uh, involved in genetic engineering or anything like Look, that. Look, if we can make a shark walk, we can make a cat <laughs> not walk. walk. And Thank we you. did make that happen. Uh, Krista, where can our listeners find? more about you and the things you've done uh imdb (laughs) (laughs) oh no uh i'm on twitter krister johnson we'll link to that and uh that's about it i i i say stupid stuff on there uh and uh yeah please watch medical police i think people will like it yeah once again if you if you enjoy this show i would be astonished if you didn't enjoy that show yeah, and if, if it's you, your first, because I, I don't know if uh, Children's Hospital isn't on Netflix. Right it, now. It, no, it is not anywhere right now. It will be soon, but yeah. it is not on Netflix right now. Um, so, so, but to, you really don't need too much. The only no, thing, no, no. I'm not saying yeah. that. Yeah, I just meant like if you're like a streaming native or something, you haven't seen things in this same world of comedy before. It's a great entry point, and you'll love it. And also, if you even if you hadn't, you'll also recognize a bunch of people from other oh, comedy things you love, yeah, like Rob Hubel and. Rob Hubel, Aaron Hayes, uh, Brian Husky, I Jason mean, Schwartzman, J- uh, Ken Marino, uh, who are we? Who, John uh, Hamm. John Hamm. Henry Winkler. The, Henry, well, Henry Winkler, the god. Uh, yeah, we've got them all. The running, Lake the Bell. Running, Lake Bell, yeah. Joel McHale. Joel McHale. Yeah, all very, very good. It's so, great. So great. Go Alan to, Ackerman. Oh, yes, oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, go to Netflix. And call up your local Netflix and ask for medical police. 
demand Netflix service in your area. <laughs> Especially if that area is Wuhan. Yes. And you can find us at Probably Science individually at Andy T. Wood and at Matt Kirshen. ProbablyScience.com is our website. That's also where we link to all of the stories we cover and where our donation buttons are mm-hmm. for Patreon and PayPal. Uh, you can email us probably science at gmail.com with any stories you'd like us to cover and also any questions, comments, clarifications, and write nice things about us on iTunes and tell your friends and tell your captives. Sure. <laughs> and captors. And captors, yes. Sure, yeah. Spread the love throughout the captive captor relationship. <laughs> the m- it might help speed up the Stockholming process. That's true. That's true. So do that. And Krista, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks. See you next Bye. time. Bye.